Hi. Welcome to the first Bangladeshi podcast where we have renowned guests from all over the world. I'll talk about business, politics, tech, and everything else that's trending worldwide. I'm your host Rafi, and let's get this show started. In this episode, we have with us Laura D. Benedetto from Hawaii, USA. She's a best-selling author, TEDx speaker, success coach, podcaster, educator, and a whole lot more. Thank you for being with us, Laura. Before we dive into details, can you please tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on your show. It's really great to chat with you. Um, so let's see. Tell me about all the things. Uh, I am the author of The Six Habits, and The Six Habits was born of pain. I did a lot to achieve great success in my life. I started a company at 19. I hustled and grew it and made all the money and had all the toys. I retired at 37, which should feel like a notable achievement, except I was just depressed, burnt out, and feeling incredibly sick. Actually, I was bleeding internally from just years of stress. I knew something was horrifically wrong, and I needed to do something about it. So I set out on a course to find out what happiness was for real, find out what the secret recipe was. Being an entrepreneur, I, I tend to like things that are fairly formulaic. So I wanted to know how it could be predictably, reliably created in someone's life because I wanted to be happy. Um, so I did tons, and I mean tons and tons of research to figure out what it would take and answered some really big questions like, what is happiness? Can it be predictably created? How, what role do our daily habits play into it? Um, can it be something that anyone cre can create? Does how successful you are have an impact, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then I ended up figuring out what the formula was, which is the six habits themselves. And it made it my mission to master these habits myself. Um, in so doing, I set myself free. I finally fell in love with myself. I finally fixed my relationships. My husband and I never got along better. Um, you know, I found joy. I dug up the courage to move to Hawaii um, and just life got exponentially better. So now I'm on a mission to share this joy, this freedom and this magic recipe with other people because I think all humans deserve to be happy. Not just me. <laughs> right. So, of course, we'll be talking about your best-selling book down the line, but let me start chronologically. You started your first company at 19 years old, which is Vision Advertising. What started as a, such a young age has generated millions of dollars in revenue for you. So, please tell us the story about why you decided to start a company so early on and the story behind it. I'm sure it's interesting. Uh, I'd like to think so. It's, uh, well, I started the company so young because I had a series of jobs and hated every single one of them. And that's not unique to me as an entrepreneur. A lot of entrepreneurs are like, mm, this whole employment thing is not for me. So, uh, one year in particular, I had 14 jobs. I quit half, got fired from the other half. Turns out I'm also not employee of the year, which is totally fine. Um, I learned a lot about myself and what I really wanted to do. And, you know, the interesting thing is like marketing, it's, it, it's really awesome, but marketing was never really my passion. It still isn't. Um, 
Turns out sales is. I always loved being able to solve a problem for someone. Nothing was more exciting to me than sitting down with a prospect or, you know, going on stage and really teaching people about marketing, um, sales in the context of like spending time with someone, learning about the problem and helping them solve it. That always made a ton of impact on me personally. And that's why I was able to be so successful because if you love sales and if you love serving and helping and solving, then you can make the millions, which I did. Um, and you know, I learned a lot over those years, you know, it started out as just something where I was doing just a lot of graphic design work and then web design work and then marketing and things just kind of added the more I was helping people. Cause when you can really fully understand the the entirety of someone's challenge and the problem they're facing, you're, you're more equipped to see how to solve it. And of course, I wanted to be the one to make money. So my company grew as a result of a lot of the things I saw my clients were experiencing. Um, I remember hiring my first employee. I remember getting you know, my, uh, my biggest sales. I remember the first time I fired a client. I remember the first time I was on stage and shaking nervously. I mean, it's been a hell of a ride. Right. So, uh, do you think your education, your background in graphics design helped you or motivate you push towards opening, uh, that company, which is related to, you know, advertising, graphics, designing and such? I mean, they're all kind of related, you know, visuals and, uh, you know, visual storytelling and things like that. They, they all have, uh, you know, a powerful impact on marketing. You know, the, the funny thing is like, although I don't exist full time in the marketing company anymore, you, like the marketing doesn't leave you, you know, like the desire for consistency, the desire to solve a problem, the desire to see things look good, the desire to see the messaging be really clear and to serve people that hasn't left. Um, so even though I retired, my brain is still very much like marketer, helper, fixer, you know, all the things. Um, so I hope that answers your question. It does. And it shows off in your personality that you still have a marketer and a fixer inside of you. I can, we just spoke for what, 10 minutes and I can already tell from your tone and your pitch. So you've authored the best-selling book, The Six Habits, which I'm currently reading, by the way. So thank you for a copy. Uh, I'll definitely leave a detailed review on Amazon when I've finished reading it. So my question is, what made you write this book? Well, it was really the desire to serve because I told you, I, I, I went on a quest to find the answer to why I wasn't happy. You know, it, it's not the stuff. It's not how many toys you have when you get to the finish line. That stuff, actually, it's just chasing unsustainable highs. It's not what happiness is. If anything, that's just a recipe for burnout, frustration, and just being like pissed off and resentful, um, which is just really not an ideal expression for anyone. Um, when I when I did this whole thing to heal myself, I discovered so much along the way, and I really saw the pain that other people were experiencing, and it felt selfish to keep it to myself. Um, you know, I'll be the first one to admit that, you know, 
as the CEO of like a for-profit marketing company, yeah, I was pretty selfish for a number of years. And yes, I love to serve people, but I love to serve people because of how it made me feel because I felt like a Titan, right? But in this case, it felt very unselfish. I don't, in this type of work, I don't get to see the, the results that people get from it all the time. I occasionally will, you know, get some emails from people. Oh my God, this is changing my life, blah, blah, blah. But like, I finally changed into the person that I always wanted to be, which is a kinder, softer, sweeter, more selfless person that is really more mission driven. Um, and you know, when you actually address your core needs and you feel secure, you like yourself, you like your life, you don't feel like your life is on fire and you're not chasing the next high, you do get to be mission driven because, you, you know, your basic needs are met and you get to serve it a greater way. So that's, um, that, honestly, that's, that's the main reason why I wrote the book is because I wanted to share this with others. I want to see the world be a better place. I want to see families stay together. I want to see mothers be more confident. Fathers have more time. And, um, I want to see people not need drugs and alcohol so much. I want to see companies run better. I want to see employees actually like their bosses. I want to see companies run by leaders that actually like themselves and learn, you know, and, and learn things all the time. And the only way that we can improve the world is if we improve ourselves. The book is the way to help do that. We have to heal, nurture, and grow individuals before we can even think about touching civilization, companies, families, anything like that. Right. So now that we have the why, who is the book geared to? What I mean is who will find the contents of the book most useful? I would say as a marketer, I know you want me to give you demographics and describe my human. Um, and I'm happy to do that. What I will tell you is the person that is aching for change, that knows happy is not a destination, but a state of being and believes it's possible, that person will find the greatest level of, I guess, intensity with the experience of the book, reading the book, doing all the free workbooks and stuff that are referenced in the book. Um, you go online and get those. Like The person that is really ready to make a change within themselves, even if it's a little challenging and perhaps a bumpy road, that's the person that's going to love the book the most. Um, I tend to resonate a lot with entrepreneurs. Um, I guess a lot because uh, entrepreneurs are more willing to walk into the fire than a lot of other people. <laughs> right. So I know you listed them down in your book, but can you please tell us briefly about what these six habits are? Happily. So the six habits are kindness, acceptance, gratitude, presence, goodness, and intention. And I'd be happy to briefly unpack these for you. So kindness is how we treat ourselves. This is being our own nurturing parent, saying things like, hey, I believe in you, you can do this. Um, kindness is something that honestly, we always think we're better at than we actually are. And to be honest with you, 
you know, anyone listening and, uh, you know, that reads the book, they're going to be like, oh, well, I know about these things. Okay. Then, then why does your life still look like that? Knowing about something versus mastering it. They're very different things. I know about pianos. I can't play one. Okay. And, and, and this is really the difference. So kindness, it's great to know about it. It seems like just such a simple concept. It is until you go to apply it and you discover, oh my God, I am actually a horrifically mean bully to myself. Like, what am I doing? So when we have that like real come to Jesus moment with ourselves and realize where we stand, you know, it stops appearing so like duh and more revelatory. So that applies to all of the habits. But the first one, kindness, is really hard for a lot of people. The second one is acceptance. Acceptance is unconditional love of ourselves by ourselves. So this is forgiving ourselves for the dumb stuff we've done in our lives. The you know we don't compare ourselves to other people. We don't look at other people and um, you know wish we were more like them. We look at ourselves and we're we're pretty happy with who we are. We are willing to think about um, our goals and the things we want, regardless of what other people think. And we look at stuff like, um, you know, some of the goals we have or the dreams we have, and we stop putting them through the lens of what will people think of me? You know, a lot of people like myself, I was surprised to discover, um, I actually have simpler, less expensive tastes than I thought. Um, And I thought as, you know, a successful Titan, if you will, I had to look the part turns out I don't care. Um, I don't need a fancy Maserati. I don't need a big multi-million dollar home. I am actually quite happy with something that's really small and a car that I'll drive until the wheels fall off. Like, and, and being able to master acceptance, you're, you're able to, um, really just stop caring what other people think and just be more true to yourself. Um, I'm talking a lot here. Do you want me to continue to unpack them for you? Sure. No worries. Awesome. Okay. Um, so gratitude is kind of what it sounds like. It's, it's really being grateful, but it's much bigger than what most people understand it as gratitude is looking at the crap of your life and finding ways to find value and good and purpose in it. Um, it's, it's taking a look at all of the things in our lives that perhaps we overlook and that we take for granted. Um, it's really like a, a, it's a perspective shift. So when we are living a gratitude lifestyle, we end up having a much deeper connection to everything that we really care about. Um, we actually become better people. So presence is also just what it sounds like. It's really choosing this moment. Most people are incredibly distracted by, you know, the news, what's going on in the world. Oh my God, we're all going to die. COVID's awful, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And yes, we actually are all going to die someday. And yes, COVID is awful. But when we are not present, that's all we can see. When we are present, we can say things to ourselves all the time like, yeah, you know, other parts of the world might be, you know, falling apart. And yeah, there's bad things going on. But right now in my life, this moment is a good one. And that's a really, really big thing that we need to be able to do. Um, We need to not get caught up in, you know, oh my God, I wish it was like it used to be or whatever. So then you get the habit of goodness, which is actually just simple math. It's adding more good, subtracting more bad. And 
When I say bad, I mean stuff like news and social media. Like if it's free for you, you're the product. And in order for that uh, merchant to make money, they're selling your well-being. Therefore, it's got to go. And if you really need to be informed, by all means, please do it. But you need to be really mindful and put your well-being first, which is adding more good, spending more time with things that actually increase your well-being versus take it from you, not be not allowing yourself to be victimized by something that looks like it's there to serve you, but it's not. So when we mastered that one, we feel better. We have more energy. We have more power of our own. The final habit is intention and intention is the habit of knowing who, what, where, why, when, and how around everything that you want. And then actually taking, you know, positive action forward, even if it's tiny all the time. Um, clarity is huge. And I find that, uh, we are surprisingly unclear about what we want. And, you know, the thing about all of these habits, I just listed off all six. We've got kindness, acceptance, gratitude, presence, goodness, and intention. They all work together and because of each other. So when these specific six things are part of your DNA. And they're not just things you do occasionally, but they are habits you have mastered and you no longer think about. Everything works in harmony. Your life is literally on peak excellence mode all the time. You feel peaceful. You are calmer. You are your best self. You're less likely to get sick. And success is like drawn to you. You know, things just get easier. Life becomes truly and in all ways joyful. Right. Thank you for this detailed explanation on what the six habits are and basically how we should pursue them. So to switch the pace up a bit here, let's talk about the TEDx event, which you are due to speak at, which is amazing, by the way. I feel like these events generate a lot of value for everyone. So... Please tell us about what you plan on talking on over there. First of all, it is so trippy to be invited to do a TED talk. I mean, oh my goodness, like TED, TEDx to me, I just hold them both in such esteem and regard. It's like mind blowing and such an honor. Um, it's been on my vision board for a long time to see it actually come to fruition. I'm going to have a photo screenshot and just boom, put that there instead as a, ha I did it. So that's going to be really cool. But the thing uh, about the event is now it is virtual and uh, I will be actually recording myself with a film crew locally here in Hawaii. And uh, I will have a very small audience here. And by small, I mean like maybe like five to 10 people. Um, and that's just fine. Um, and this will be part of a live event, November 21st, and I'll be there for Q&A. And it's the whole theme of the event is pushing boundaries. So when we think of how we wish to push the boundaries of what's possible in our lives and our own boundaries over what we have previously perceived we're capable of, um, it's, it's like an honor to be able to contribute to an event that has that as a theme it's all about um just really expanding our world and honestly i'm so ridiculously excited to be able to talk about 
the habits and really reveal um, like human behavior and like why we do the stuff we do and some of the great stuff um, that um, I'm just really so deeply passionate about, like making this world better. That's that's really the whole goal. Mm-hmm. Great. I hope I can see the videos later on on YouTube or your social media. That's going to be exciting. So speaking of capability, like you just said, um, and so I know that you offer a program, which is a 90 days habit pro mastery program, which actually works on something, how to make you more capable and, you know, to master habits and everything. But for those of the audience who are not aware, can you tell them what it is and who is this program for? Yeah, absolutely. So the 90 day habit mastery program it definitely says um, 90 days and it's all about the habit mastery um, because knowing something and mastering it are two very different things. Kind of like the whole piano example I mentioned earlier, like we can't, we can't just, you know, become Beethoven just by knowing about a piano. Like would it make our lives better? Sure. Um, the thing about the habit mastery program is it had to be created. It had to be because the habits themselves are great, but they're not going to acquire themselves. And I built this as a tool initially for me um, because once I realized that these are not just six epiphanies, not just six great ideas, but actually six habits, the next logical question showed up in my head, which was, well, these are not my habits currently. I currently do the opposite of these things. How am I going to retrain my brain and actually become the person who has all these six habits and spades? So I created this program and I did some research into the science of um, habit. So being a marketer, I, I sorry, but I, I'm going to have to throw my fellow marketers under the bus that talk about how habits are formed in 21 days and 30 days yeah, sorry guys, that's actually a lie. And it's told by marketers to help you buy their stuff because nobody likes to hear the inconvenient truth, which is you actually have to do the work and it takes a bit. It just does. So science says, and there was this awesome study done in 2012. Um, there's been many studies, but one in particular in 2012 that talks about how habits are formed. Habits take 66 days to form, right? The 90-day program is to allow for uh, perhaps not being flawless, perhaps being a human, having some days we just don't feel like it, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of an insurance policy to let you be a human, have flaws, and still get results anyway. And I needed that because I am, I don't know if I said this in my professional bio, but I am actually the most stubborn person on the planet when it comes to meeting my expectations of me. You're right, that like doesn't happen. So I needed something Laura proof. So I built this 90 day program that allows for the cultivation and the repetitious application of the habits because that's how habits are formed. Like my dentist yelled at me and said, hey, you wanna, you wanna start flossing? That'd be great. Oh, damn it. All right, fine. So you have to consciously think about stuff first. It doesn't become unconscious until you've done it so many times that it becomes unconscious. That's the way you get there. And that's, that's what habits are. They're unconscious. So in order for us to successfully master 
and acquire these six life-changing habits, it has to be repetitious. It has to occur over a long period of time. And I can't put it in a neat little box that says, oh, 21 days and you're going to be all better because I'm not interested in lying to people. Like it's all about high integrity. This is what it will take. And if you're willing to be a little uncomfortable, feel weird at first, but actually invest in yourself, that's for you. It was certainly for me. And I think that the people that are the most ready for something like this are the people that have looked at their lives and thought, huh, things could be so much better. And the reason they're not is because of me. And it's within my power to upgrade me, to learn to love me. I am the one thing I can always change. This is the way forward. This is the thing that will give me the greatest chances of having everything I wanted in my life is, is by working on me. The people that are having that epiphany, this program is built for them. Right. So I'll definitely have the link for the program in the podcast show notes for whoever is interested. So you've had a pretty long career so far and got to experience a wide variety of things. Do tell us one or some of the hardest and also the most rewarding experiences for you in the in this long career timeline. You're making me feel so old. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you a few. So one of the hardest and the most rewarding is when I fired my first client. Um, it wasn't the first client I had, but it was the first client that was being so abusive that I had the courage to let them go. It was a really, really uncomfortable situation. I was really unhappy. Um, I didn't know how to do it. I was nervous. I was shaking. But what I got out of it was obviously getting rid of the client from hell. But more than that, I saw my value for the first time. I finally declared and set a boundary. I was able to powerfully say to myself, forget the client, I deserve better than this. And because I said that for me, and I finally stuck up for me, um, even though it was hard and it really sucked and I was doubting myself the whole time, I started making more money like immediately. I started going after better clients, clients that paid more that treated me better, that respected me right out of the gate, and I conducted myself differently. So that was that was pretty notable. Um, challenges, I mean, I would say being fired by clients for not doing a good job, that was definitely a pretty notable challenge as well. Like, it hurt, but it, it forced me to get better every single time. You know, in the beginning, you look at those things, you're like, oh, God, what did I do? But if you really look at it through, like, um, I guess through the lens of where are the lessons here, and this is where gratitude comes into play, um, you can actually extract a lot from it and get better quickly. Right. It's always good to learn uh, from the mistakes or when you're not doing well enough. It, there's always more to learn. So I've had some awesome authors on the show in the past as well, and I love asking them this question. And that is, what is your favorite book? And you cannot name your own book, you know? Apart from your own book, what is your favorite book? Hmm. I like so many books. I'm honestly a bit of a book nerd. Um, I actually really love that book, Eat, Pray, Love, from Elizabeth Gilbert. I feel like the whole world has heard about it. Um, 
That was really important for me because I'm kind of built the same way. So have you heard about that book? Of course I did. Okay, awesome. Have you seen the movie and do you have the t-shirt and keychain? Um, it's a... Nope, just the book. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love the book. And um, the fact that she does like so much self-exploration inside the book and travels and like really creates herself through her travels and seeing the world as an explorer and eater and spiritual um you know devotee and just trying to sort things out like I, I related so much to it it's also a story of like so much adventure um the book gave me a lot of courage to try to travel on my own which by the way highly recommend it is epic i've been to some gorgeous places all by myself and my husband like brings me to the airport love you honey have a good time which is so amazing um and uh i always wanted to live in italy and it looks like that will be our next stop when we move from Hawaii. That's that's our next destination. So I'm currently reading it again. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be there soon. I don't know what soon looks like, but that's my next stop. So it's pretty cool. Amazing. So since you're in a podcast, let me ask you, what are some of your favorite podcast shows that you have listened to? Oh my God. Um... Is it okay if I admit that I'm a terrible podcast listener? Sure, go ahead. Is that okay? <laughs> I don't listen to as many as I should because I'm busy being interviewed by so many and I am uh, creating like a web show for um, my marketing company, which is really cool. I'm interviewing people all the time. And honestly, by the end of the day, I just want silence. I don't want to hear a damn thing. I don't want to listen to my audiobooks. I don't want to listen to the TV, like my house is like a cemetery. So it's like listening to one more person talking, especially the sound of my own voice. Oh, honey, we're done. Like, no, I want to hang out with my cat. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's honest, but yeah, it's probably not the ideal answer. Oh, no, no, that's completely understandable because we all need some peace and quiet at times and we just need to unwind. So that's understandable as well. Yeah. So... Uh, we're nearing towards the end of the show now, and I have a final question for you before ending the show. And that is, how has the quarantine period affected your workflow? Turns out not having a social life is really good for getting large quantities of work done, but it's really bad for pushing you to punch out. <laughs> oh my God. Like... Uh, this is one of the things that I had to resolve when I was doing the six habits work. I had to learn I'm addicted to work. Like I need a 12 step program. Like it's really bad. Right. And I had to learn desperately how to punch out. And I did retiring and like even writing the book. Like I learned really good balance, but then the pandemic happened. And, um, with my marketing company, the, the woman that's been running the company and taking things over for me, she got cancer at the same time the pandemic punched us in the face. So I've been covering for her running my new company, doing the publicity tour for the book, writing my TED talk and trying to enjoy Hawaii and not basically drop dead. So the um, time management aspect, I've actually had to get exponentially better at. I have been forced to have like really like ultra concrete boundaries around my time. Um, and I must 
if I don't practice these six habits and they're automatic at this point, but like the old ways um, do still nip at my heels and the temptation is kind of there, but I still default to the right thing. Like if I default to the wrong thing, like I'm going to fall apart. There's, there's literally no way I would be able to shoulder the burden of everything I've got on me right now without um, the habit stuff. And the time thing is probably the most um, important. I mean, you should see the stuff I say no to. Um, you know, like yesterday we were having a tech problem, um, with vision. Oh, we're having a problem with email. Mm -hmm. It'll keep till tomorrow or Microsoft will figure it out. There's a lot of things that if you just ignore it long enough, it'll either resolve itself or actually decide that it needs resolution. So I don't get upset, ruffled by problems. I don't go running to everything that looks like a tiny fire. I, I've, become like the ultimate ninja with prioritization and my husband thank god for him she forces me to go out leave my desk and punch out thank god so things are oddly enough better but only because i've had to apply so much intention to them being better Right. So it looks like your book helps you out at every step of your life, that your your principles and ways of living, basically. Um, I was just going to say, the, uh, the interesting part of all of this is when the pandemic struck, Julia got cancer, and then I'm basically handed like a ton more work than I wanted in the middle of a pandemic, which is zero fun, by the way, plus social stress and whatever. I was looking at my book and be like, okay, time to prove if this stuff works or not, because I'm apparently like having to, you know, crawl out of retirement for a few minutes here. And, uh, let's just, okay, let's, we're going to really test this. And, um, you know, I was initially like, Oh my God, Oh my God, what am I going to do? And, you know, this seems like a lot, but there will actually be an epilogue to the book that talks about walking through fire with your habits to basically keep you safe. It's, it's been, uh, it's been eye opening, really, just to realize that it's like, this isn't just feel good, hippy dippy stuff. This is like actual armament for the difficulty of life. Yeah, this book was really feel tested at during this pandemic times then. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So before we finish this, can you tell everyone where to find you in social media and anything else you might want to add? Sure. Um, when you visit thesixhabits.com, T-H-E-S-I-X habits.com. You can connect with all my social media, my YouTube. You can, um, you can grab the book, the audio book, the 90 day program. You can learn about my Ted talk, join the email list, or even find out about working with me one-on-one. -on -one if you want to just become a master of these habits and have someone hold your hand. Um, my name, Laura Di Benedetto is not easy for the whole world to spell. So I generally point people to the six habits.com to get to everything else because I'm at Laura L D Benedetto, but I'm also wise enough to know that not a lot of people can spell D Benedetto as I have found out, but much less pronounce it. So that's where we are. <laughs> Right, but I'll have I'll have everything linked. I'll have all your social linked in the podcast show notes, so don't you worry. That's awesome. Thanks. Right. So thank you very much, Laura. It's been a pleasure having you. I'll of course keep in touch with you and I'm really excited to see all the new things you come up with, your new web show and everything else and whatnot. 
Thank you. This has been so fun. I really appreciate your insightful questions and uh, allowing me to share this with your audience. I, I really hope that between you and me talking about this, we can inspire some people to love themselves a little bit more. Definitely. Thank you so much. We'll speak again soon. Look forward to it. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode. If you're interested in being a guest, go to my website and you'll find the process there. If you want me to discuss a certain topic, there's a suggestion form on the website as well. Hope you all like this episode. Peace.